0: our God is infinite. He's not just infinite in his being, he's infinite in everything he does. And we're finite, and that's really hard for us to figure out. So God has done something special to make it easier for us to understand him. First thing he did is he made every one of us unique because we all express something of the, in, the infinity of God. Whether you're aware of it or not, something about you tells something about the infinity of God. Then he gives us spiritual gifts. And through these spiritual gifts, he makes himself known to the world. Uh, I believe Sarah has the spiritual gift of preaching Uh, When Sarah preaches My heart feels like I'm closer to God and I know him better And we're blessed to have her preach this morning
1: I love him I love him I love this church! I want to say a very special thank you because the last time I preached, a lot of you reached out, and you reached out in letters, and you reached out in emails and text messages, and you stopped Jacob and I, and I just want to say thank you for sharing your stories with us. It means a lot, and I don't take it for granted, and I think it's special when we can share our stories. Amen? Okay. I want to have a little fun today. I'm kind of a crybaby up here, so I want to have a little fun with you. Deal? The camera guy's like, don't do that. (laughs) Okay, have you ever um, been divided on something where you're just like, you think one way, somebody else thinks a different way? Well, I'm about to rip this room in half. Are you ready? You thought you came for unity? Watch out. Do you guys remember the dress on the internet? you either saw blue or black. Who sees blue and black on this dress? Whoa, first service, it was the majority. Who sees white and gold? (laughs) He said every normal person. Well, the debate has been solved, and in fact, the dress is blue and black, so. Thank you to us, normal people. Okay, then came the shoe. How have you, have you guys seen the shoe? You either see pink or white. Who sees pink and white? Majority, very, very good. Who sees gray and green? <laughs> yeah, who thinks the gray and green are crazy? Yeah, it's the great division. Someone told me though, if you like, Maybe squint and look off to the side. You can kind of see the other color a little bit. Here's what it does. When I saw the green and gray and then looked at this, it's all I could see, but I see pink and white. Okay, now here's what I want you to do next. This one is based on the word you are reading, it will determine the sound you're hearing. So there's gonna be two words on the screen. If you read one of them, you'll hear that one. But when you read the other one, you're going to hear that one, and it's the same sound. You guys ready? Is it switching for you? Do you hear both words? Some of you are like, yes. Brainstorm or green needle. You hear it based on what you saw? Okay, so the whole idea is whatever you looked at or what you should have heard, (laughs) based on what you looked at, it determined the outcome. And I think so often in life, it's what we focus on determines the trajectory of our life. What we focus on determines the outcome. And I don't know about you, but way too often, I have kind of a bad attitude. (laughs) Some mornings, I'm like, yes, yes, get it, girl. Let's go. Let's do it. We got this. I'll come dancing into work. They kind of know me as dancing. One of my girlfriends, I came to, like, see her, and I wasn't dancing, and she's like, what's wrong? It's written all over you. Um, But then I have days where I don't want any of it. Can I get one amen? I have days where I wake up, and I'm like, (laughs) someone else can deal I have days in my life where I'm like, I just don't want to do it today. I'm done. Has anyone ever said that? I'm done. But I believe God has this beautiful, God-given virtue for each and every one of us. And it's this idea of grit. And grit is this inner strength that says, I will persevere when difficult times come. And my dad is a genius, and uh, we were studying for the podcast. Did anyone get a chance to listen to the first podcast? Okay. Um, our second one releases tomorrow, and it's going to be on purpose. Not, it's going to be... Purpose is what it's all about. And then the next one that we drop, because we do these monthly, is going to be on grit. And he is a genius, and he broke grit up into these things. Uh, six different ways, and I told him I'm going to steal it and turn it into a sermon series. But he said you can't steal what's given, so he gave it to me because he's the goat. Okay, the greatest of all time. <laughs> um, and his first idea of grit is called mental grit, and it's a way of thinking, and it's a way of thinking that says I do not quit. No, I don't want to twist this around and someone quit smoking yesterday and you heard this and you're like, the Lord has spoken, okay? <laughs> I do not quit, I am smoking. I'm not saying any of that. I want to hold this heartbeat, this idea of I do not quit who God has called me to be. I do not quit the woman he wants me to be, the man he wants me to be. I do not quit. And in my mind, I heard this saying, it says... I read it somewhere, it says, we don't see the world as it is, we see the world as we are. And for some of us, that's beautiful. For others of us, that's bad news. But I believe that looking at the life of David, we're gonna see this God-given virtue of how he says, I do not quit. And see, David had, I just, every time I read his story, I think of it as, like, an epic movie. Like, I'll read First and Second Samuel, and it, like, plays in slow-mo in my head. Like, I just see David running, and his hair's blowing in slow-mo. It's like Braveheart in my mind. It's this epic movie, and it was from the very beginning of his life. In the very beginning, he was called by God. When his own family didn't see him, God saw him and said, I choose you. I choose you. You are going to be the next king of Israel. And there was a current king who obviously didn't like that idea too much, right? And we all know the story of David and Goliath. When he was a teenager, he showed up on the battlefield to help feed his brothers. And when the entire army said, not going to happen, we're out, I'm done, this teenage boy stepped, up and he said, something of God is good and it's going to happen and I'm going to fight the giant. He did not quit and he took down the giant and I see grit in his life. I see strength in the midst of the heart. And then I see tragedy. I see him having to leave everything he loves. I see him having to leave the people that he loves because the current king just wants to kill him and he's hunting him. And it's not just, like, a week of his life or a month of his life. I was talking to my dad, and we think it's about 12 years of his life. It's over a decade. He's running, and he's being hunted. And I don't know about you, but you give me a couple months of that, and I'm like, Jesus, just take the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I don't want it. But he fought, and he had grit. And... Where our story begins today is David thought to himself after over a decade of running. He thought, if I can just go into enemy territory, if I can just get out of Israel, maybe Saul, the king, will stop hunting me. And so that's what David did. And it's been about a year now, okay? It's been about a year of him living in the Philistine territory, And the Philistines, they didn't really have kings. They had lords. And there were five lords. And one of the lords' names was Akish. I almost made you say it. I hate when I listen to a sermon and the preacher's like, say it with me. (laughs) I literally almost did it, but I'm not going to do it to you. So his name was Akish. And Akish really liked David. And David and his men, at this point, David had like a motley crew, okay? He had like, all the men you kind of don't want was David's crew. The Bible tells us they were bitter in the soul. And that was David's crew. And David went to Achish, and Achish said, let me give you a piece of land here in the Philistine territory. And it's called Ziklag. So now David and his men and their wives and their children, they've been living in Ziklag, And David and his men are away and they're going to go fight with Akish and the Philistine lords. But here's the problem. The Philistines are going to invade Israel. Israel is where David left. Israel is where God has chosen David to be appointed the next king. And Akish is like, come on guys, we're going to go fight. David's like, I'm in. But the other Philistine lords, they're like, that chance. We're taking David to go fight the Israelites. We all know he's going to turn on us and take us down. So I want to send David back to Ziklag. Send him and his men back so he can be with the wives and the kids. And I just like time and time and time again I see David in these positions of just like there just doesn't seem to be a winning moment for him. But time and time and time again He finds a way to strengthen himself in the Lord. And he was going to need it this day more than he has ever needed it before. I told you, I read it, and it plays out like this epic movie. And so in my mind, I imagine him and his men heading home to their wives and to their children and to their homes. And I imagine them smelling it before they saw it. I imagine them smelling fire Imagine them seeing smoke in the distance as they get closer and closer to their home. And as they round the corner, they see their homes are burned to the ground. Everything of value has been taken. And worst of all, their wives, their sons, their daughters, they're all taken. And I don't know about you, but this is the point in the story where I tap out, right? This is the point of the story when I've had time and time again of frustrations and battles and things not going my way. This is the time where I say, God, this was not the deal. This was not what I had expected for my life. And I don't know about you. Have you ever looked around and just thought to yourself, how did I end up here? It wasn't the deal. And to make it even worse, the men, the motley crew that David had, they wanted to kill him. They felt so much pain, they needed somebody to blame. And they looked at David and they're like, we're going to stone him. And David does something that I think, if we can hold on to today, will change the trajectory of our life. In front of David was all the brokenness. In front of David was all the pain. The Bible tells us that these men, these grown men, wept so hard and screamed so loud. And for so long, they had nothing inside of them left. Have you been there before? When you just feel drained. You feel like you have nothing left. And David, let's read it in verse 6. It's 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. If I can find it. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. David saw the pain, he felt it, he wept, he cried, he looked around and it was destruction. But instead of staying focused on the pain, he pivoted and he changed his focus. Instead of looking at the problem, he went to the problem solver. Instead of sitting and trying to blame everybody for what life had brought, Instead of trying to point the finger, David turned and he pivoted, and he looked to God in heaven, and he strengthened himself. And I don't know about you, but I want to strengthen myself. I want to know how to seek God in the kind of way where I do not quit, where I have a mental grit that says, whatever comes my way, I see it, I feel it, but I pivot, and I look to my God in heaven. I look for a strength that I can't find anywhere else. And the funny thing is, for years I would read it and I'd be like, they forgot to tell us how. just stopped. It just says David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I'm like, but how? What did he do? And for years I'd be like, what do you guys think he did? And this time I was like, Sarah, come on. Here's the deal. First and second Samuel are written by three other authors. David is not one of them, but Psalms is David. He wrote a big chunk of it, and in it, we hear his cry. We, we'll see titles of, like, uh, David in Ziklag, or I'm making that up because I can't think of anything else right now, but you'll see, like, where he was and what he was going through, and then you'll hear the cry of his heart. You'll see how he strengthened himself in the Lord. And listen, I love big ideas. You give me a big idea and I am in. But I like practical. I want to know the tools. I want to know how to do it so that I can figure out how to live a better life. I want to figure out how to grow. I'm so thankful that God said, come as you are. But I'm also thankful that he said, do not stay where you are. I have something so much bigger and something so much better for you. And so I looked in Psalms, and I found three different ways that over and over and over again, David would do to strengthen himself in the Lord. You guys want to hear it? Okay, good. I'm sweating. I'm doing all the work. Someone give this girl an amen. You know what I'm saying? Okay. (laughs) The first thing I noticed was in the Psalms, Everything that David does is he is just talking to God. And for some of you, you might be new to this church. You might be new to this faith, and maybe you've grown up in a different religion. And some of you, you, you maybe say like a recited prayer, or maybe you just really don't pray at all because it's kind of like, I don't know how. But here's what I want to tell you today. I want you just to start, just to do it. What David did is he would, like, say things that he thought about God. He would say something like, he was my strength. He would say stuff like, you are my rock and my refuge. He would say stuff like, you're going to put me under your wing and keep me safe. He would just say to God who he thought he was. There's times in the Bible where he just vents. Some of the prayers he does, I'm like, bro, settle down. He, like, tells you what he wants to do to people, and this man is a fighter, okay? So I'm reading it, and I'm like, chill, dude, chill. But he just vents. He just shares his heart with God. And if you're looking for, like, the rules or the how-to, like, just put that aside and just do it. Just talk to your father, because he is not just a good, good father. He's a good, good friend. If you are married or you're dating... I want to give props to my daughter. Taylor, she does this thing with her boyfriend. They pray together about big stuff. And I see that, and I'm like, yes, go, baby, go. Because when you invite God into something, good stuff is going to happen. My husband and I have been, like, two ships sailing in the night with our schedules, and we've just been, like, missing each other, and I've just been, like, missing that delicious hunk of a man. (laughs) And I looked at him, and I was like, babe, Let's just pray together every day. Let's just pray for each other. And I'd put my hand on him, and I'd try to speak strength through prayer into his heart. And he'd wrap his arms around me, and he'd say a special prayer for for me. And I promise you, every time, I felt strengthened. Prayer is a source of strength. And I want it for you. And it is the first line of defense, the first line of offense that David would go to. He just spoke to God. Now, some of you, you are Christians in this room. You grew up in the faith. You are prayers. You pray, pray, pray. You're prayer warriors. And I saw something a couple years ago that, like, drastically opened my eyes. So for you, I have an idea. I think sometimes because we have such access to God If we're not careful, you can take it for granted. And I heard Francis Chan confirmed, thank you. I didn't know who it was, and I looked everywhere this week, and someone was like, I know who it is. So Francis Chan, he did a devotional, and he said, before you go to prayer, I want you to stop, and I want you to think about who you're really talking to. And he has this powerful idea of he goes to Revelations and it's Revelations 4 and he says, I want you to think about you're entering the throne room of God, of the creator of the universe. And just before you pray, I want you to imagine that you walk into the throne room and you open the door and you see a throne with God sitting on it. And it's so beautiful, your mind can't even comprehend it. It's so beautiful that it shows like gemstones there's thunder and there's lightning coming from the throne. It's so beautiful that the floor that you're walking on to get to him is like a sea of glass and a sea of crystal. Around his throne is a, is a rainbow that shows so beautiful it's like emerald. And these four beings, they are just praising and worshiping God and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And he said, I just want you to imagine yourself in this room and now there's these thrones that are sitting around the throne of God and there's these elders and they're wearing white robes. And they're just worshiping God, and they can't even contain themselves. They're just on their knees, and they have these crowns, and they're just throwing them to the feet of God. And everyone is worshiping, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And every time I pictured that, my prayers dissolved. I literally say, Father, you know everything. You know my heart. You know the beginning from the end. And I just want to be in your presence. I just want to worship you for who you are. And my prayer is dissolved, and I'm telling you, something inside of this heart is strengthened. So I want you to strengthen yourself through prayer. Praise is another thing. I love worship music, I love our worship band, amen? I love listening to them, I'll oftentimes like go on Facebook and listen to old sermons just so I can hear the band worship, but worship has been like a constant tool in my heart and my mind, and over the past year I've had some health issues, like nothing serious, but it was just serious enough to be very frustrating, anyone know what I'm talking about? Someone said it's when you start creeping up in age, and I said, You mind your own business. (laughs) But it was just enough to be frustrating, and just enough because I'm saying to God, I want to do all these things with you. I feel like you've called me with a plan and a purpose, and I don't want to be sick. I want to have the energy and the life so I can go with you. And I was just disappointed. And it was New Year's Eve, and I've literally never missed a New Year's Eve with my husband or my kids ever in my entire life. And they're downstairs, and I'm upstairs sick in bed, and I'm just disappointed. And I hear the rowdiness from downstairs because the Ohio State came on, right? There were the cheers, the booze, the whole house is shaking. And I was just feeling sorry for myself. I was just like, felt sorry for myself. How ugly is that? But that's where I was. And I could hear the countdown. And I was just disappointed. And I forgot that every year we have a tradition. <laughs> You're gonna make me cry. We have a tradition when we count down the new year and new year's in, we worship. And I forgot all about it because I was so focused on like my disappointment. I was so focused on how frustrated I was, and I was so sick of even like hearing my own voice talk about it and I heard the countdown and then I heard the worship songs and my tailor texted me and she said mom we're worshiping right below you and they cranked it and I turned my focus from like poor Sarah to who my God was And Tay said, Mom, this is your song. And the song said, I don't know how you will make a way, but I know you will. And I praised and I worshiped and I felt strength that I had not felt. I praised God because they were singing, he is my firm foundation. And I praised God as my firm foundation. And my focus switched and I was strengthened. When you need to be strengthened in the Lord, your God, turn to praise and turn to worship. The last one, meditation. I often thought about meditation as like, um, right, the emptying of self. This is not that. This is the idea of I am going to fill myself with something true and something beautiful of the word of God. I'm gonna fill my mind, because here's the deal, we all have indicators in our life that our focus is in the wrong spot. If you are feeling so much anxiety and so much worry, it's an indicator saying, turn your focus. If you're on the blame game and you're just like, if you knew, if you really just knew what was going on and how it was their fault, it's time, it's an indicator, you gotta turn your focus. If you're feeling maybe bitter, Maybe numb. Maybe some of you are just looking for hope. I often think, Father, if someone is looking for hope, please bring them to Christ church. I think it constantly because what I want to say is when the indicators are going off, it's time to refocus and pivot and start meditating on something good. If you need hope today, I want you to look at Lamentations 3. I would say this probably for 3 to 10 years of my life. And it said, but this I call to mind and therefore have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, so therefore I will hope in him. When my mind shifts from hopelessness to, wait a second. The Lord's mercies are new every single morning. Sometimes I'm so sick of doing the stupid things that I do. Sometimes I'm so sick of doing the wrong thing and I just feel like a failure and I'm just like, God, why did you even choose me? And then I hear this verse play in my head and I meditate on it. Don't you dare go there, Sarah. His mercies are new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. And if he is faithful to me, then I'm going to be a woman of grit. I'm going to be a woman that says, I do not quit. I do not quit on myself. I do not quit on God. I do not quit on my family. I am a woman of grit. I have a verse because I feel very inadequate. It's like, the unholy one trying to rob me of the life he wants for me. And over and over, I just think about all the things that I'm not. And I, I grabbed a verse in my early 20s because I was like, he is not getting a hold of me in this way. And it's Romans eight thirty seven, and it says, you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. And so oftentimes, I'll be like, this is too big. I don't know how to do this. We're doing this brand new idea And all I can think to myself is, if young generation is going to be on YouTube, we're going to be on YouTube. But when I think about it enough, I'm like, Rachel, and I'm like, this is just so embarrassing. It's so hard. I've had anxiety all week. But then I think to myself, no. God has called you with a plan and a purpose. And on your own, you're absolutely right, sister. you got nothing good to offer. But you are not alone. There is a Father in heaven who says, I am with you, I am for you, and I will strengthen you because you are more than a conqueror through me. (laughs) Meditation strengthens me every single time. And I want it for you. I want you to strengthen yourself in the Lord. David did just that. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And with bloodshot eyes and smoke-filled lungs, he went to his men and he rallied the troops. And he said, we're going to get the women, we're going to get the children, we are going to fight. And all the men went with him. Most of the men went with him. 200 stayed behind, but that's for another day. They rallied, they went with him, and they got back every child, Every woman and everything that was value was taken, they brought it back home with them that day because they fought. Church, I want us to fight. Men, I want you to fight for the life that God has called for you. I want you to fight and say yes to him and no to the world. I want you to say yes to seeking after him, to never giving up on him to never giving up on yourself. I want you to fight for your woman. (laughs) Amen? Amen. I want you to be a dad that fights for your kids. And I want you to be a man of grit that says, I do not quit. Women, if we get knocked down, we get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. (laughs) women I want to be a woman of grit that when things get tough you go to Sarah because she's going to strengthen herself in the Lord when things get tough you know that I'm, I got you I'm going to cover you in prayer in hope in whatever it is because I am not alone I want to be a woman that fights for my kids and my family and I promise you I will always fight for this church because I am a woman of grit we are women of grit and we do not quit. Does that rhyme? (laughs) That just got better. I'm sorry, that was good, that was good. Okay, church. I wanna be a church that does not quit. I was watching this college in Asbury, did you guys see this? And there's this giant revival happening. There's thousands and thousands of teenagers, college kids, giving their lives to Christ. And the Holy Spirit has just showed up. And it's been, they started one night just doing like a chapel, but it's now been two weeks, 24 hours a day, and it's growing. The campus said there's 20,000 people there right now in this revival moment with God. And I think to myself, why not us? Why not here why not in the lives of my kids? And I think about it, it makes me want to fight. It makes me want to say, I am all in, Father. I am all in for your excellence because you are excellent in every way. And I want to show who you are. I want to be authentic and I want to be real, but I want to show you in a passionate way.
0: And I want to show the excellence
1: of Christ. Church, church. I want us to be a part of the joy of ministry in this world. God has given us gifts, and I don't want to waste it. There are things that we want to accomplish as a church, and reaching this next generation is something my heart is on fire for. I want them to serve. I want them to feel alive in Christ, and and I want them to say yes. I want them to be in. And so I want to invite you and them into the joy of ministry because good is happening in the world. I want to be a part of this adventure and just saying, yes, God, we are a church. If you're seeking and you're going to and fro, please hear us because we are saying we're in and we do not quit. I want to be a church that says there is evil in this world and man, is it fully funded. But in Christ's church, we are going to do some of the best things that happens in Northeastern Ohio. We are going to fund good in the world and we are not going to quit. I don't care about, what is it called right now? This is my mind, I'm sorry. Who cares? I don't care about what financial things are saying. I do not quit on good. I am all in and that is who we are as a church. Church. We are a church of mental grit. And we say, I do not One last thing stuck out to me. I always thought David strengthened himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord, and that's like that was it for me. But when I was studying this time, two words stuck out to me that had never like hit home for me like they did. And it was David strengthened himself in the Lord. His God. It was personal. It could have said the God of the universe. That would have been accurate. It could have said, the God of his ancestors. In fact, the Bible does that a lot. But it didn't. It was personal. It said, the Lord his God. And I don't know about you, but when I think about living life, like one foot out and one foot in and just trying to do this balance, like it never works. And I'm just asking today that you put both feet in and you say yes to your heavenly Father. You say yes to following him because I promise you, you will never regret it. You say yes, I'm putting both feet in and I'm going to strengthen myself in him and I'm going to do something awesome in this world by his grace, by his favor, by his mercy. He has called me to something and I'm going to say yes. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this church pray every man and woman in here who is just calling to you that you hear them right now in this moment. I pray that we will be men and women that do not quit. I pray that we fight for all that you've called us to. We fight for our selves, Father. We fight for you. We fight for all that you are doing. I pray for those of us who just maybe have two feet, one's in, one's out, and we're just dragging. I pray that you will call to us, that we'll hear you, that we'll strengthen ourselves and we'll be all in for you and what is happening in this world, that we can be a part of something good. I pray that they just say yes, yes to following you. And my cry is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. In your mighty and awesome son's name, as a church, we say amen.